It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Men. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B-Baby Barnes filling in for the P-Man. Chris Cook, Cookie, DJ C Squared, Lord Christopher, on the ones and twos, Chad Carson, who I body slammed. Yeah, I got many names, known by many names, yes. Known by many names, many aliases, but mainly the most important one, I body slammed this guy. That's true, you did. He almost went through the ring, Brock Lesnar style. Oh yeah, right where it all breaks down and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I know you're still feeling that one for sure. Yeah, my back's a little stiff from it. I don't know. Absolutely. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. And uh, not a lot going on in sports today. but It was did... it was a little hard trying to find like some breaking news. Yeah, uh, it was. Listen here, I'm the best in the biz at what I do. Let me stop right there. Everybody's going to hate me right off the bat. But there's still plenty to talk about. Some breaking news from ECU Athletics just broke here. ECU baseball head coach and ECU baseball alum, if you want to throw that out there, Cliff Godwin. So invested $100,000 to the Pirates Unite campaign, which is a campaign where you can directly support uh, athletics in general uh, in terms of, uh, let's say, new facilities for football, baseball, even lacrosse, baseball, basketball, all of it. Cliff Godwin invests $100,000 to the campaign to go towards left field expansion plus help create the letter winner's wall. To explain that in a little bit more detail, uh, the money will be used for the baseball building expansion down the left field line that would give the Pirates one of the top D1 athletic facilities in the country and further enhance the fan experience in terms of recruiting, training, and development of student athletes. And the letter winner's wall, I wasn't too sure what that was supposed to mean, but apparently it will be created outside the current hidden facility down the first baseline, and it will honor past Pirates that are united, uh, according to this media release here. They're united by a loyalty to the ECU baseball program. So I don't know if that means, like, donors. I don't know if that means, like, baseball players. Like, I don't know, like, let's throw out a Jake Agnos out there. Yeah, are they just putting players in that, or is this people that have, like, specifically donated money or? I'm not too sure. It doesn't specify too much what exactly that's going to be. It probably will be donors. It would be nice to see some, like, pirate players. I I would guess it's a money thing, yeah. Yeah. That's weird because the left field line, that's where uh, that's where the jungle and the left field megaphones are, so I don't know if that would affect them or not. It's just We just got to see how it plays out, but $100,000 of Cliff Godwin's own money going right back into the baseball program. Got to give him props for that. Definitely a big win for the Pirate Baseball program that's constantly growing. Now all there's left to do is go to Omaha. They just got to get over the hump. Yeah, got to do that's it. it. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to face a Hispanic Titanic this year or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Seeing him in person, that was crazy. Uh, yeah. That, seeing that him dude in person, is a tank, yeah. Seeing him at person at midnight on what was it, like a Friday or Saturday night? That was fun. Already been there like six hours. Yeah, game got delayed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was great. That was oh, – what a great time that was. But yeah, congrats to Cliff Godwin. Congrats to the baseball program. That's definitely big news for sure. Um, big news out of Panthers land right now, and I Uh-oh. think, yeah, oh yeah, it's never good when we say there's it's big news never good. the Panthers. Yeah, um, David Tepper showed up to practice today, which he normally doesn't do, 
And it's got a lot of people speculating whether he is going to fire Matt Rule if he loses this next game. Yeah, because so my thought on that is like, why else would the owner be there if he doesn't? You said he normally doesn't show up, right? Normally doesn't go. Yeah, uh, yeah. That He's I, too I busy. Feel like, too busy. I feel like that could only be something bad. Yeah, look, I was I started to speculate or start to think in my head like, if we start the season zero and three and Matt Rule's make or break year, do you just like? Do you just yank the chains, the yank the reins from him, and just call it right then and there, like fire him right away, or do you wait a little bit longer? I think if you start zero and three, like yeah, and they're no already excuse. aren't they on like an eleven game losing streak? I believe it's at nine. Right okay, now. yeah, nine. Either way, that's not good. Uh, yeah, Longest that's still eh, that's still pretty bad. Yeah, at, I don't know if they fire him after losing to the Saints, who are a very good team. I think losing to the Giants. And losing to who? I don't even remember the opening game. What was the opening game? Who do they play? The, the Browns. Browns. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Both of those games they could have won, and that was I purely believe that was due to coaching. Uh, first half uh, the Browns game, you could argue all right offense. You know that was a hard. First maybe half Baker to was just trying to get used to the people. I guess you could say they did get screwed at the end of the Browns game, but a lot of that was like, come on, dude, you play to win. You don't play for a field goal, and there was too much time on the clock. Like anybody who was watching that game could have known. All right, I could see them going down the field and scoring a field goal here. Like, Green Bay would have brought a win home in that scenario. Yeah. Defense like. Defense was giving the Browns everything on offense in terms of just running the ball and even passing. Like Jacoby Brissett looked like a very capable quarterback against this, I thought. Jim Zerke, sure. who we'll have on tomorrow, Panthers Radio Network, disagreed when it came to Jacoby Brissett. Oh, he doesn't solid. think he's uh, like that? Who, Jacoby Brissett? Uh-huh. Well, he's not, but I thought he looked like a very capable quarterback. He, yeah, looked, so the, he the, looked great against the Panthers. I'll give him that much. The question really becomes, is he going to be able to keep them intact until Deshaun Watson potentially comes back? Is he going to lead them to a good enough record to where when Deshaun comes back, are they going to have a shot at the playoffs? I think it purely depends on how good the defense is, and the defense is pretty solid. And if they can keep that run game going with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which they have. The Kareem Chubb uh, – not Kareem Chubb. Nick Chubb. <laughs> Kareem Chubb. Just combine them. But no. New player on Madden. Nick yeah. Chubb is probably like the best – he might have an argument for best running back this year. If not, he's, he's one of those good, like, powerful big boy backs. Absolutely. He reminds me of an A.J. Dillon, kind of, you know what I mean? He, I think he's way better than A.J. Dillon, we, but we, I get yeah, what you're saying. His you know style I mean. of yeah. play more so. Yeah, he's just a powerful run-it-down-your-throat back. And if they can keep that going, if they can win with that, I would say, like, seven games. I, I consider that a success, even six games. For sure, yeah. I would give Jacoby Brissett his due for just getting it done as a backup. That's all you want for your backup is just a win. But, see, I'm not in, even entirely convinced that, let's say this does happen, they do well with Brissett, and then Watson comes back. I don't know, after watching him in the preseason, I don't know if Watson's even going to be good enough to lead them further in the playoffs Like once he comes back. I was not impressed one bit by his preseason uh performance well he was terrible yeah preseason he was awful against the Jags I think he completed like four passes out of like I think it was like 12 or something yeah it was a really bad number terrible but yeah either way I can't buy too much into the preseason obviously there's a ton of other factors that go into it but I will say he didn't look great just on the eye test it didn't look great at all is he even going to be better than Brissett like once he comes back that's the real question yeah I guess my question is if Brissett gets you seven wins, if you're the Browns, we'll move on from the Browns conversation here in a bit. But if Brissett gets you seven, or let's say even six wins, got you six and four going into Week Ten 
or if they got a bye week between there, six and three. Do you split the reps like for that next week between him and Watson, or do you just give Watson the full range? I was more so going to say to get Watson more acclimated and practicing with the offense because I'm not even sure if he's allowed to practice right now. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure either. If that's the case, do you just keep riding out with Brissett until Watson's ready to come back? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should not anticipate Watson coming back after week 10, like the immediately the week after. Yeah, it could take him some time. I, that's actually a great question. I don't know if he's allowed to practice with him right now. Either way, he looked terrible when we did see him. But moving on, going back to the Panthers deal, I, I think you got to get rid of Matt Rule if he doesn't win this game. Um, Maybe if it's competitive, yeah, because the Saints are just a good team. I, I don't think they're like Super Bowl contenders or anything, but they're going to be a Jameis, playoff team I think, for is sure. a solid quarterback. Absolutely, for sure. I agree. Um, but I think if you like get stomped by the Saints, that's it. That's it for him. And yeah, that might be the final practice, nail in the coffin. Yeah, keeping an eye on things, and then you look at the market and your options of what you got coming up when it comes to head coaching hires. Sean Payton is already talking about a potential comeback. I don't know if he would want to coach the Panthers, but... Yeah, I feel like they're too big of a rival for him. There might be too much history between them for him to... Well, here's what kind of... uh, This is kind of the end-all, be-all when it comes to Sean Payton coming back. Tepper's the richest owner in the NFL. Okay. One of the richest owners in the NFL. He can just throw money at Sean Payton. That's true, He throwed insane money to Matt Rule, who was unproven as a head coach in the NFL. So so. is Payton willing to betray his beloved Saints for the, the more money? That's... What it comes down I, I to, think I think money makes all. That's you yeah. know you're right. You're totally money right on that. All right, but yeah, he said he would come back for the right situation. That's that's Sean Payton's own words, and if that means a upwards of a hundred million dollar coaching contract, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. I'm not gonna get my hopes up about it, but either way, even if you fire Matt Rule, I think Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Panthers, Steve Wilkes didn't have a good coaching tenure with the Cardinals. A lot of that had to do with Josh Rosen, and they only gave him a year. I feel like they didn't really give Steve Wilkes much of a chance as a head coach. I think he was unfairly kind of written off for the Cardinals for Cliff Kingsbury, which Cliff Kingsbury is not a good coach, by the way. Like, I'm throwing that out there. Yeah, Cliff right. Kingsbury, like, didn't deserve that I will gig. say, though, it doesn't normally work out historically when you hire from within the system. I'm not saying they're going to hire him, but making him the interim, I think. Is okay, just, that might be a good idea. Making, yeah. Steve Wilkes is the interim, I think, is a step up over Matt Rowe, and that for might sure, be a yeah. controversial statement. I think it's it's do or die for Matt Rule this week. They got to break that nine game win uh, loss streak. Yeah, continuing the uh, the Panthers' uh, downfall here or their issues right now. Guess who's on the injury report? Uh oh, Christian McCaffrey. Did anyone expect anything less? So they say it's that dude is made of glass, st- glass bones, paper skin, <laughs> SpongeBob reference there. But no, I. It's weird. They say he have stiffness in his ankle. I think that's really all there is to it. Just a little banged up in his ankle. I think he will play this weekend. Is but he, it limited reps? Or limited, he... He's getting limited reps okay. in practice right now, but he's on the injury report. And he even quoted as saying, at this point, if I went to take a leak during practice, I'd end up on the injury report. I'm concerned about him taking a leak. He might break his leg. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> concerning. Yeah, I, it's... It's a mess of the Panthers. Are they? Do you think they're feeding him too much this year? I think that was the problem last year when he got injured early is they just fed him way too much like at the beginning. I don't think they're giving him the ball enough. Oh, really? Okay. Especially in that Browns game, it was like frustrating how much they didn't give Christian McCaffrey Yeah, right. The ball. I did notice uh, watching Red Zone that he wasn't getting the ball much when I was watching. Yeah. You're too busy keeping up with your Packers. but Oh, I got to keep up with everybody. You know how it yeah. is. Yeah. Red Zone is fun to watch if. I wasn't such a diehard Panthers fan. I'll just purely watch the red zone. But I sometimes think that's, the Panthers are so bad, I'll just switch it to red zone. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and get 
get pissed when the Panthers come on <laughs> and they're blowing something. But yeah, no, I, 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 I tend to believe it's do or die for Matt Rule, and that uh, the Panthers have some serious uh, rethinking to do, reconsidering, reconstruction or reconstructing to do. Um, and I think um, sooner rather than later, we'll see Steve Hope, oh, Steve Wilkes as your interim head coach in the coming weeks. I'm. If we're if, if if this was a gambling show or a gambling state, I if there's got to be a prop bet where it says over under two more games for Matt Rule. And I'm taking. You the think under there's on a that. bet on like the coach leaving? Uh, absolutely. Okay. There's a bet that for makes everything. sense. That over makes perfect under, sense. Yeah. Over under two games for Matt Rule as the head coach moving forward. Two more games. Over or under. I'm going under. Oh, you think it's under two games for him? Yeah, uh, two more games for him. I, I feel like they might would wait till the mid. I, I mean, let's face it; they probably know they're not making it to the Super Safe Bowl. Safe money year. is your bet right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I just the Panthers fan in me wants to see him go. Clearly, uh, I don't. I think either way, they're not making the playoffs. This team is talented, talented than any other team he's had so far with the Panthers. This is a team ready to win. I think good enough to get into a wild card spot. I would say. Oh, that's a hot take. Okay. You think so? Uh, I don't see the Panthers making the playoffs. I really don't. Offensive line got better. Weapons are better. I will say that. uh, Baker looks more protected than Darnold was last year. I will say that. And there's still offensive line issues, but it got better. I think you got better quarterback. Defense still has its issues, but the defense is still pretty solid. It's a top 10 defense in the league right now. They're in the game. They've never been like in the first two games, I've, I would say they've been in the game throughout the entire yeah. game. Yeah, and a lot of the defense's issues is that the offense has given them no a lot of three and no outs. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you're just on the field way too much. So, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of serious rethinking to do, restructuring to do. Does Shaq Thompson stay around? I kind of want to see him leave too, just because of his contract purely. If he was a guy that was getting paid way less than what he was, I wouldn't mind Shaq Thompson. But he's getting paid. A hefty contract for a guy that's the king of arm tackles, missed arm tackles. Yeah, right. Which you don't want from your Mike linebacker position, which has continued to plague us since Keekley left. Which you want the Madden hit stick from that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and he's just not that guy. Anyways, a lot in store for the show today. We have former ECU offensive coordinator Doug Martin coming up later on in the show. On the other side of this quick timeout, Daily Pirate Report. We'll hear from Coach Mike Houston. Offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Carroll ahead of the Navy matchup. We'll talk about the uniforms. We'll talk about sleep for some reason. Uh-oh. The coach is getting any sleep. One of those. They're type nervous. Of, They're one, nervous. One of those type of questions. And a whole lot more ahead of Navy on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates, 94-3, the game. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Navy this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's we are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Guten Tag, this is my auto. And this is my key. And I only trust one place with my key. My key car care. They are so transparent with e-inspection, which shows photos of the problem and the fix. My key is my favorite part of America. And my second favorite part? 
the cowboys and their horses. <laughs> Remember, I only trust Meine Key with Meine Key, the one-stop shop for total car care. At participating locations, Meine Key locations are independently owned and operated. If you want the best steak in eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station is where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because... uh the quality is great, and they can cut it any size you like, and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds, and that's perfect for my for my family. Because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown, just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I'm not sure why my music is not playing. Oh, there we go. I don't know why I was doing that. Great song, right? Yeah, let's not do karaoke here. I'm sorry, I got a little carried away. But uh, Doug Martin coming up on the other side here on this next segment. Doug Martin, who I give all the respect or all the praise in the world for, Guy had a lot of tough head coaching gigs. Uh, first one that comes to mind, Kent State, which I think is the worst like D1 college football program in the country and the hardest one to win at. Had a winning season there. Obviously, he had Julian Edelman at quarterback, which would definitely help. But I uh, was able to win or have winning a winning season there. Uh, had a bowl game win at New Mexico State, which is another one of those programs in the run for one of the worst just programs in general in D1 football won there and was a great ECU offensive coordinator. So looking forward to hearing from him. Might talk about a little bit about the Navy game coming up and just playing and preparing for that offense and that defense, Navy defense, no slouch. And then just talking about, I want to ask him about Drake May too. When you have a quarterback comes out and says something that doesn't seem controversial but pops up in the headlines and gets a lot of uh, negative backlash, how do you deal with that? You obviously want your quarterback to be modest and a leader. And when he's getting backlash for things he said in the media, sometimes that doesn't fare well, especially in college. 
So we'll ask him about Drake May with his NC State comments. I don't think the guy said anything wrong, but we'll see how Doug Martin feels about that on the other side here on this next segment. Now let's do today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Houston addressed the media yesterday, offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick and defensive coordinator Blake Harrell as well. Let's get right into it. You played paranoid, and there's some speculation. Maybe the coaching staff's a little paranoid. They haven't been getting a lot of sleep. Let's see. Which one were they asked about not getting a lot of sleep? I don't see it here on the cut sheet. Uh, number here we two. go, number two. Yep. Number two. Houston says coaches haven't slept much this week preparing for Navy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think many of the defensive guys have slept much at all. I mean, it's they're uh, you know they're meet with their kids anytime they got any any free time that uh, the kids can get over here and you know just spend as much time as we can and it's uh, you know it's it's a hard offense to prepare for and so uh, our coaches are working very very hard to make sure our kids are ready. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, people got to understand about Navy. A lot of people are expecting us, despite them being tough. There's a lot of Pirate fans thinking that this is a whole different Pirate team that's going to mollywop Navy and just absolutely blow them out. I don't know if that'll be the case. The way Navy's designed, it's really hard to do that just because when they get the ball on offense, they really run the clock out. So you don't have a lot of time with your offensive possessions or you don't get a lot of offensive possessions. Yeah, Houston said it really well uh, a couple of press conferences ago. He said they'll two-yard you, six-yard you, and then 70-yard you. Yeah. You just inch away and then hit that really I big like, run. Yeah. I like that comment there. But, yeah, that's that's a perfect way to describe Navy. Just the way Navy's designed, I don't see a blowout coming. I do see us winning. Um, I don't know if that's, I see us winning also. Yeah, I think I, it'll be closer than people are thinking. Absolutely, there. yeah. I would love to come out here and say we're going to, like, Without a doubt, uh, spank them, shut them out. People on Twitter are thinking that. I've been noticing. Just, I just don't see that happening. The way Navy's designed on offense, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. And granted, we have some playmakers on the offense. The offense is miles ahead, better than what it was in past years. And not to say the EC offense has been bad, but um, this is a game where we really got to limit turnovers, which we've done a good job of doing this year. And we really have to make the most out of our offensive possessions and not settle for field goals and get touchdowns. For sure. I think that's the only way you can't settle for the field goals. Yeah, the best thing you can do is score and score quickly. Well, not even score quickly because you don't want your defense out there forever, but just score. Just make something out of your offensive possessions. And that's going to be key for this uh, this Pirate-Navy game coming up. Don't anticipate a blowout, but it should be a very close game and a Pirate win. Moving on down the cut sheet, we hear from Coach Houston, Coach Houston. When it comes to defense, defense has to execute. They have to play disciplined football. They have to just just play assignment football, which we always hear when it comes in the Navy week. Coach Houston talked about executing at a high level in this game. Cut three. So we just got to go out and execute at a high level offensively. Um, you know, if we can continue to build and continue to, to play better each week, uh, improve on last week's performance, uh, then it certainly you know gives us a much better chance. Navy has had their struggles this year. They have not won a game yet. So far, they have played Memphis, who's 2-1 and one this year, and lost 37-13 in the season opener at home in Annapolis, and then lost to the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens, who were 3-0 and oh, and um, has been pretty solid so far. Won that game 14-7 of the Delaware Blue Hens. But we know the history of ECU playing Navy, though. Yeah. That's the thing. It was even a struggle to win last year to get a bowl eligibility with – 
Owen Daffer, which let's not forget, Owen Daffer won that game. A for hero us. for the town, yeah, yeah. yeah Despite week one of this season, look, yeah, I, I know people buy too much, and like I'm gonna say this and leave it at that. We need to stop talking about that NC State game because, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter for sure. We're looking conference wise. You know, I think this is a team that could really contend for a conference title this year, especially if Houston down. Cincinnati is not as good as they were in the past couple of years. I think the conference is wide open. You got teams like Tulane, which I'm not going to discredit Tulane. Tulane's got some good wins and has looked really good so far. That was a team Patrick uh, had a hot take and said it was going to be good this year, and that turned out to be true so far. Um, but hey, maybe Patrick knows more than we think. The Oracle, but no. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's on to something, and this conference is still wide open. I think ECU has the opportunity to make a run. we got to move on from that NC State game. And uh, let's not forget, Owen Daffer has done good things for us so far and got us in the bowl eligibility, which uh, we had not had for a while and got this program kind of back. I don't want to say single-handedly, but he's a huge part of that. Moving on, Houston says that there has to be high-impact or a high-impact week of practices, you have to have your conditioning right, especially on defense, if you're going to play Navy. Cut four. Uh, I think our scout team's done a really good job. Uh, it's nowhere near the speed of what Navy runs this at, nor the precision they run it at. But our scout team's done um, a very good job of giving us a good look. But now it's just a, it, it has been a high-contact week uh, because that's the only way you can prepare for a team like this. And that's the... Uh... He didn't bring this up, but we've heard this in the past. When it comes into Navy week, especially last year, a huge part of the scout team and what has kind of been a huge credit to us winning last year against Navy and getting the keys of the game and figure out how to win that game was the fact that we played Ryan Stubblefield in practice, who's a shifty quarterback who can emulate uh, Navy's quarterbacks and their offense very well, and that's a huge asset to have on a team. Where you the can have coaches a- have been saying uh, all throughout this week and last week that the scout teams are doing a really good job Absolutely. of uh, emulating Navy. They do say that they can't quite get the speed, obviously. Well, nobody will. But yeah. yeah, right. But they are saying that they've got a really good scout team look. Uh, I think Kirkpatrick said um, it might be the best scout team look they've had like as far as preparing for Navy. Yeah. I, yeah, I could see that. Or the depth is just a whole lot better. But having a guy like Ryan Stubblefield in your quarterback room, who's the shifty back, prefers to run than throw the ball. You know, he's, he's thinking to run first. Um, that's definitely a huge asset, especially on the scout team coming in Navy week. And uh, this is a team they prepared for that they've openly said since the summer. So they're buying a lot into this Navy game. What does worry me is if we do lose this game, um, and I, sh- I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to stand by it. Uh, morale might be low in the locker room for oh, a little bit. 100%. Because they have invested so much into this game. I don't think they should invest this much, but they have slipped up against Navy before in some close ones. Uh, what gives me some hope if they do drop this game is the fact they were able to bounce back from the NC State game. Um, I don't think they will lose this game, but if they do, I have full belief that this team is mentally ready to carry on, move forward, and win games and put this game behind them. Well, let's not let's not gear up for a EC loss here. We're expecting a win, fully expecting a win. I am honestly expecting a yeah. win, yes. And uh, Houston goes on to say that this will be the most physical game of the year. I think there's no doubt about it. Cut five. Uh, it'll be it'll be the most physical game we play all year, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna play phys- physical. They're gonna play physical. I mean, it's gonna be a highly intense game. Anytime you're playing the service academies, that's definitely something to be expected, and that's also a huge hazard aspect and how appropriate is it that they're playing navy on military appreciation day that, is that just works out so perfectly apparently they're, they're gonna have the jets flying over yeah the flyover uh-huh. that'll be interesting to see but um i was surprised to see and this is such nerdy part football talk but people love this stuff 
I was uh, surprised to see that they're not bringing back the white helmets with the American flag ECU logo. Yeah, I noticed that. I saw on their I love Instagram today. Yeah, I don't know. People believe there's a helmet curse with those. But come on, people. It's, it you can't buy too much into superstition like what, that. Scotty yeah. Moe See, that's sucked the nerdy. That's yeah. the nerdy ECU football talk Absolutely, that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Because Scotty Moe sucked as a coach, and we use those every time he, or every year that Scotty Moe was here. Yeah, I'm not buying too much into that. But no, I, those helmets are clean and like, look, let's stop the helmet curse, people. Stop it. It's not real. And the, the I don't know what the, the uniforms are going to be looking like. I know some dude won a contest to design new uniforms for Pirate Football, and I think they're being unveiled for this game. So I'm interested to see that. I may be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, I'm actually not sure about that. Houston did talk about how they uh, are they, they put a lot into the uniforms for this game, but he did say that he also doesn't care, though, that yeah. he just wants them to win. He shouldn't yeah. care. Let's get for right sure. into that cut seven. Houston talked about the alternate uniforms, which everybody seems to be all up in arms about. Well, uh, it's you know it's been something that uh, went on in the off season. You know, the white helmet was part of the the alternate uniform design. Um, you know, Navy plays at Air Force next weekend um, they asked if there was any chance of us uh, flipping and wearing white at home uh, our kids really wanted to wear white uh, so that was the only decision went into it I don't care we can go out there and practice uniforms you know for all I care so um, doesn't matter to me I know the recruits will be excited about it um, the kids are excited about it but it comes down to how you play in those uniforms busting out the all whites I love it I think they're clean I get that we haven't had a lot of wins in them but the all whites are just so clean looking and I think that'll be a good look for sure, especially if we get a win in them. Moving on, it's Military Appreciation Day this Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium as we host Navy. How appropriate. Obviously, Mike Houston has some experience coaching a service academy, coaching at the Citadel. He talks about Military Appreciation Day and what that means to him. Well, you know, like I said uh, the other day, I've got you know several friends that are in, in the service uh, or have been in the service. Um, er- Everything we have in this country as far as freedoms and our ability to live the lives we live, we owe it to you know, the military personnel that protect us and give us this freedom. So uh, I think it's a great, uh, a great thing to do as far as having a Military Appreciation Day. Um, I'm going to have a, uh, a lieutenant colonel come and speak to the team on Friday night um, who's an ECU alum. And uh, so that'll be a great talk there and something I think the kids will really enjoy. Uh, so I just I think it's a very appropriate uh, a very appropriate day to have when we're playing the the Naval Academy. Class Act, and I buy a little bit more into Military Appreciation Day. You should, anyways. And you know, Class Act with Mike Houston with his comments there. But with my brother being the military, he's oh, yeah, my best this, friend. This like, probably means a lot to you. Yeah, it does sure, mean yeah. a little. It means a. I'm not gonna say like this is do or die. This is everything to me. But it does mean uh-huh. a little bit more. Give him some appreciation. Bit. I love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that they're having a colonel come and talk to him too. And he said that it was an ECU alumni, right? Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. That'd be neat. I like that. Moving on to Donnie K. He talks about Navy's defense, which is comparable to the Pirate defense, but a little different. Donnie K. on Navy's defense, cutting on. The big challenge of just going out there and scoring more points than, than their offense scores. So they're very multiple. You know what I'm saying? Uh, our defense is very similar. It's from the same mold. It's from the same playbook. But they use different pages, you know, to it. The twists are different. The blitzes are a little bit different. They do some more three safety stuff than, than uh, Coach Harold does. The, the thing that's tough is, okay, they got so many different defenses. You know, smart guys, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how they get all that stuff in. But they, they've stayed with it now. You know, I think he's been there, what's this, his fourth year too, or maybe the fifth year. So they've, they've just built on it. Every year they've added another phase to that defense. 
you know, a lot has been made about Donnie Kay's play calling, which I don't think has been terrible this year. I have questioned some third and fourth downs where we're running go routes. But other than that, it's worked out in his favor so far. The state game is questionable, but it's worked against these FCS teams. It's been creative, I yeah. would say. Yeah. yeah, I'll give him that much. Uh, we'll see how it works against a very tough Navy defense. And uh, it's interesting to see what his mindset is moving into that game against a very niche particular defense in Navy. Moving on to the other side of the football, Blake Harrell, he talks about that they prepare more for Navy than any other team they've been prepared for since the summer. Cut uh, 12 here, Chris. We spend more time with, you know, get preparing for these guys, evaluating these guys, and trying to get our, our players ready to play against Navy than probably anybody on our schedule just because they're a different offense. You know, the other – 11 ball games, you're going to have some carryover, maybe a little bit of tweaks here and tweaks there. But for the most part, those other 11 offenses have some similarities and have some carryover, whether it's a run game or pass game or personnel packages, 11 or 12P, whatever it may be. In this game, you're facing um, a 30 personnel team, as you call it, three backs and no tight ends for the most part. And that's totally different what you face the other 11 games. And you're facing a team that's going to run the football, you know, 85, 90% of the time. Moving on, Coach uh, Blake Harrell talks about uh, how they have to have a lot of – or they have a lot of guys in rotation. And I think that's a huge advantage if you're a defense playing Navy because obviously it's going to keep the condition in the right. Guys can come off, take a breather. When you have good depth against Navy, that plays in your favor because your defense is going to be on the field a lot and for a long time. And I think we have a lot of valuable depth. And I think the depth that we see on the defense, the backups are very on par with our stars, which is a good thing because it's – the defense and the guys that are on our defense play at a high level. So Blake Carroll talks about the depth that's on their defense and how that plays in their favor against Navy. Cut 13 here, Chris. And I think a lot of that's due to, you know, our guys are fresh and Hodge Williams got tired. You know, it's a combination of those two things. So you got fresh guys chasing around versus tired guys chasing another tired guy around, so to speak. So it's, it's been helpful. And in a game like this where it's, a, you know, every, every rep is a, is a fight, is a cage match. Uh, it's going to help to have a lot of bodies in there. Uh, moving on, Blake Hare wraps it up that everybody has to do their job. You have to play assignment, discipline football. That's the theme when it comes to playing Navy's offense. You're going to be on the field so much and for such a long time playing the Navy offense. If somebody makes a mistake or gets out of line or overshoots a blitz or misses a tackle, it becomes under a magnifying glass. And with these close-scoring games that we usually get into with Navy – that could be a huge factor in the ball game. Just something as simple as a random missed tackle or a missed quarterback sack or whatever the case may be could be a huge turning point in the ball game. Blake Harrell talks about that here. You know, if, if my job is go take on the double team, I got to do that to the best of my ability. If my job is stand on the low block or take on the art block or stand on the crack block, whatever it may be, I got to do that to the best of my ability. And if I don't, um, it's going to make somebody else's job that much tougher or make it their job where they can't get there and make a play and all of a sudden you have a 90-yard touchdown. So we got to make sure we squeeze and vice those things in like we should and, and just, you know, I think I said this last year, see a lot, see a little, see a little, see a lot. Now all we mean by that is, you know, if I see my key, it, my key is going to put me in the right spot. But if I'm looking all over, this is running back, this is running back, the quarterback, the B-back, and then we're in trouble. So we got to focus on the little things and, and make sure we're doing our responsibility. And I've noticed that when we've played Navy the last two times, they're not afraid to throw the football. Obviously they're not going to throw the football a lot, but they have caught the Pirate defense in some passing plays where they break one big pass down the field and uh, end up in scoring position. And uh, they take this game personal just like ECU does. I mean, this has been something – I don't want to say it's a rivalry, but it's always been a competitive game against these two programs. And uh, 
I look at it this way. If you let them get a big pass in, I'll take it. If they complete a huge pass, I'll take it. Just don't let them beat you on the ground. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know what's coming on the run. If they beat you in the pass, you just got to live with it. And uh, I think that's kind of the mentality they have to have. Obviously, you want to see them break those up. And I think they will occasionally. But if they do decide to pass the ball and break out a big play, I wouldn't buy too much or get too upset if that does happen, unless it's like a game loser or something like that, if it loses the ball game. Either way, I believe it might happen, and I wouldn't get too caught up in it, in it, too caught up with it, and get too upset about it if it does happen. I'm just worried about the run. You got to commit to that run game. So that's gonna do it for today's pirate report. Should be an interesting matchup this weekend. Gonna be a very physical game, defensive battle for sure, and the offense has got to be on point. Coming up, we'll get a little bit more insight into this Navy game. Talk a little bit about the win over Campbell. And talk a little bit about Drake May at UNC, you know, App State feeling themselves after barely beating Troy on after hosting college game day. Former New Mexico State head coach, former Kent State head coach, and former ECU offensive coordinator under Steve Logan, Doug Martin, on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Navy this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurants. We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. So, you found the one and want to get married. Next step, you need the ring. Not just any ring, the perfect engagement sparkle that exemplifies your love. Bailey's Fine Jewelry is here to help. Our diamond experts, wide selection of high-quality diamonds, and customized financing make saying I do easy. We guarantee you'll love the ring or your money back. You're invited to see why Bailey's has been voted best place to buy your diamond. Visit us today in-store or at baileybox.com to find out more. Hey, everyone. It's Greg McGowan with the area's leading heating and air company, Advanced Mechanical. Do you have HVAC experience but can't seem to find the right company? Well, I have good news for you. Advanced Mechanical is hiring service technicians, so come and join our team. The pay and benefits are extremely competitive. We offer ongoing training, and the business is growing, which means job security and advancement opportunities. But the number one reason Advanced Mechanical treats their employees just like they treat their customers, like family. We have a great work environment, and they don't just say it. They've been living up to it for over 30 years. If you want to put your HVAC experience to good use, Advanced Mechanical is the best in the business. If you're interested in joining our team, call us today at 252-355-9191 or visit the careers page on our website at advancemechnc.com. Again, that's advancemechnc.com, or call us at 252-355-9191. This is about you, your family, and the health of all who live in eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human, about creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, It's really all about you. 
ECU Health. Minds. Hearts. Purpose. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. Former ECU offensive coordinator and former New Mexico State head coach Doug Martin with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, how you doing? I know you've been fishing. Apparently the flounder's biting. Ben, the, yeah, they're all biting, man. It's a good, good time to be down here right now. So Absolutely. really enjoying it. I've never been at the beach during the fall, you know, because I've always been coaching. So it's a great time of year to be here. It's just beautiful, cooling off a little bit. Uh, couldn't be better. That's great. That's great to hear. Let's just get right into ECU football here. Uh, obviously, they had a dominant win over Campbell. Uh, I believe it was 49 to 10. Yeah, 49 to 10. And when you look at that particular win, you're coming off an NC State loss that could easily, I don't want to say, I, let's just put it, demoralize a team, kind of put them down and out. You know, maybe their mentals are not necessarily right coming out of that game, especially against a rival who's ranked in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. The stakes are very high. Then you're feeling for pretty good about yourself. You beat ODU, who was coming off a big win against Virginia Tech, and you carry it over against Campbell. Just kind of what are your thoughts on that win against Campbell in particular, and what kind of went – with a win like that, what does that do for a team moving forward in non-conference play and into conference play? Yeah, the first thing I would say, their coaches have done a great job of getting them emotionally ready to play the ODU game, especially coming I out agree. of the NC State game. Uh, and even this one, though, because, you know, obviously you're going to be big favorites playing a team like Camel, and uh, and you just want to you want to get better. You know, you want your starters to get in there, you want them to play well, and then you hope to get a lead where you can play some other guys and get them some experience. And so – I'm sure that worked out for ECU. They were able to get a lot of guys in that game, and that'll pay off for them later on down the line. You know, if you have some injuries or you have things happen where you need those guys, now at least they've been in a game. Absolutely. And uh, another big landmark or key thing from that game was Holton Ehlers breaking a lot of records, school records, and American Conference uh, records as a whole. Uh, I believe he broke the all-time passing leaders, uh, passing yards leader record to, I believe he surpassed P.J. Walker that went to Temple. But when you have a quarterback like that who stuck with the program when it was very down and out under the Scotty Moe era, uh, survived a coaching change and played at a very good high level and is also the ultimate leader, I mean, just having a quarterback like that in your room, you obviously have a lot of experience working with quarterbacks as an OC and a head coach. What does that do for a team? That's got to make a huge impact. Yeah, listen, it all starts with the quarterback. I don't care what type of offensive system you're running, wishbone, spread, air raid, it all starts with the quarterback. And if that guy can be a leader and is respected on your team, even more so. And and I think you'd like to see them get better year by year. And that is yep. what I think Ehlers has done right now. He's probably Absolutely. playing his best football. And that's what you like to see, a guy of his age with his experience starting to really come into his own and play his best, you know, in his senior year. I agree. I agree. And then moving ahead to Navy here in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, a very niche 
offense, you know, with the triple option. And then you have a defense that likes to blitz a lot, throws a lot at you, much like the Pirates defense. As an OC, when you play a defense like that, how do you game plan for that? And then from a head coaching, from your head coaching experience, when you play the triple option or just a very particular offense like that, that's a little off the beaten path and kind of hard to deal with. How do you prepare your guys for that? And do you have any experience coaching against the triple option? And how difficult is it to play uh, just against that particular offense in general? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, Ben. And we've I've played against the wishbone several times. And this is a dangerous game for, for ECU. I mean, yep. Navy is really well coached. Uh, they're, they believe in the wishbone. They know what they're doing. There's some things about the wishbone that we always felt like, you know, number one is, for your defense, you've got to stop the dive. You've got to stop the inside run. And if you go and listen to what their coaches were talking about from their first two games, they haven't been able to establish the dive and get that fullback going in their offense. And that really, if you can't get the fullback going, the wishbone doesn't work. And that's what's really hurt them the first two games. So that's East Carolina's defense got to stop the inside run and prepare for four downs because, you know, they're going to go for it on fourth down a lot if they can get you in the right situation. Uh, but really the game, when you play a wishbone team, it always falls upon your offense. You, you've got to score points when you're playing these people. Because you're going to get limited possessions because they possess the ball and they run the clock. Uh, two things, you've got to answer scores. If Navy scores, your offense has to go out and score and answer that score. Because if you don't, if Navy gets a two-score lead on you, man, the clock really starts to run fast. Yep. And they're really good at running it down. Now, vice versa, if you can get a two-score lead, they become their own worst enemy. You know, so we always felt like it was really important for us to score, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, on really every possession you have offensively and to answer scores. And, you know, I've talked to, you know, uh, Patrick a couple times about this 30-point deal. You know, if you score 30 points in college football, you got like an 85% chance of winning. Yep. And this is one of those games. You know, ECU needs to get 30 points on the board, get the two-score lead. You know, I would even – one thing we always did at the coin toss, if we won the toss, we took the ball. When we played these. Get it immediately. I like that. Second half option. We wanted the ball so we could go score number one and number two. We didn't want our offense coming out there and sitting on the sideline for eight minutes while they have some long drive and yep. it just kind of drains you. So those are some things that will become really important in this game. And I like that point. That's some really good insight there because I think a lot of people fail to mention when we play Navy, sometimes the defense will get a big stop or get big turnover turnovers. It's rare, but it does happen. And the offense fails to kind of get any points on the board because of it. And that could be a huge killer uh, with the way you break it down with how much time they run off the clock. That could be a huge killer when your offense doesn't produce and take advantage of those takeaways. So that definitely is some really good insight. And I would think that's got to be a key to this game against uh, Navy coming up this weekend. I think you said it right there. That's your key right there. Yeah, no question. You, you've got to get points on the board offensively. And like I say, that two-score differential, it's important for Navy. If yep. they can get a two-score lead, then they're in the driver's seat. But if you can get a two-score lead on them, then they become their own worst enemy because obviously they can't throw the ball and they don't have, you know, big play explosion capabilities. It takes them a while to score. Um, but your offense has really got to do a good job scoring points in this game. This is This is crucial. Absolutely. Moving on to the rest of college football. I know you keep up with App State a little bit. Struggled a little bit against Troy. Uh, they were riding high off of college game day, and you know the big upset win over Texas A&M. Struggled against Troy, won on the very final second. And uh, a lot of people are down and out on the Appies now. 
just because of uh, they're not they're not getting ranked. You know, they struggled against a team who not a lot of people had high expectations for on college game day. Um, is this a is this a real thing when a team is riding high after a win, especially a win against a ranked opponent, Texas A&M, and you're a quote unquote group of five school? Could that possibly cause like a negative effect in the locker room, especially moving forward to the next game when you're playing an opponent? that you might overlook a little bit as a team in Troy, um, and you're just feeling good riding high off of Texas A&M, that could definitely cause some problems, I would think, and uh, get in their heads a little bit. Do you think that was definitely the case when it came to App State and Troy here? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, you have game day comes to your campus and all those type of things. And, yep. You know, sometimes success is harder to handle, you know, when especially when you have quick success they've had. Um, but they do have a tradition there. You know, they they are, have a history of winning, of doing things well. So I think they'll be much better this week probably than they were against Troy. The only thing I would worry about a little bit with App State right now is defensively. You know, defensively, they've always been, you know, pretty solid about not giving up a lot of points. You know, yep. in North Carolina, they gave up a lot of points. Last week to Troy, you know, and Troy hadn't been a real explosive offense. You know, and that that's kind of a, a warning sign right there. So it would be interesting to see – you know, how they handle it this week. And uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think Apple will rebound and play a lot better, though. Absolutely. And then I got one more thing that happened kind of in the state of North Carolina pertaining to college football. It's kind of been the big headline this week, especially in the triangle. Now, I'm going to ask real quick, are you familiar with the Drake May situation right now at the press conference, him talking about NC State fans? I haven't heard a lot about that. Okay, so he made a comment where he said that NC State fans are just upset or they're salty because they couldn't get into UNC. And you see that as kind of some friendly back and forth banner there. But it became, ended up becoming a huge controversy. And Drake May ended up having to apologize for his comments, which I didn't see, I didn't see it as that big of an issue. I thought it was fine. But um, when you when you look at the quarterback position, you look how they deal with the media. When they say things like that, do you prefer your quarterbacks to have a little bit of an edge, or do you prefer them to little, be a little bit more? Let's just say a little bit more humble, you know, just vary by the books. I didn't see any problem with this, but maybe different coaches have different mindsets on how the quarterback can, should conduct himself, even when it comes to stuff like this that seems very base level, not very offensive at all. Well, look, I mean, they're still young kids, right? And, Absolutely, and sometimes yeah. Sometimes they say things that off the cuff that maybe they didn't mean or they said the wrong way. Um, by the same token, yeah, I coached Julian Edelman at Kent State, and I'm going to tell you, yep. Julian could run his mouth with the best of them. <laughs> but, you know, he backed it up, and it it motivated our team when, when he did those things. So, you know, it goes back and forth both ways. I think you're just in the age right now where everything's out there, social media and all those type of things. In the past, if he'd said something like that, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. I could promise you this, promise you this for the players – it's not a big deal on either yep. side. They don't really pay attention to that stuff that much. It's going to play the game. It's probably more about fans and administrators and those type of things. And so it's something, you know, your SIDs and your coaches try to coach these guys how to handle themselves in a press conference and all those type of things. But, uh, you know, at some point you got to let kids have their own personality too, I think. I agree. Yeah, I didn't see anything offensive about what he said. It's just friendly back and forth banter. If anything, to get the rivalry back going between UNC and NC State, I I didn't mind it at all. But, uh, Coach, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we get off with you here, uh, any tailgates you're hitting up this weekend? I know you did the Wake Forest tailgate, went to an ECU game here earlier in the year. What's the plans for the weekend when it comes to any tailgating? Or are you just hitting the water? 
Yeah, no, we're actually we're going to the Wake Forest Clemson game, which okay. I'm, I'm really excited about seeing. That's him. a good My one. Coaching at Wake Forest, so uh, you know this is a huge game for Wake, and uh, they struggled a little bit last week with Liberty, especially offensively, and so it's going to be interesting to see how they can handle Clemson if they can get some points on the board against them, and uh, hopefully be a good game. Yeah, don't sleep on Wake whatsoever. I hey, I'll pull for Wake just for you and your son. I'll be a Wake fan for a weekend. Just for you. Let me know all the help they can get this week because they're going to be outmatched a little bit with Clemson, obviously. Like, they're still Clemson. They're still a good, good football team. So, it'd be exciting to watch them. Absolutely. Appreciate having you on, Coach. You have a good one. All right, Ben. Thank you, buddy. Former EC Offensive Coordinator Doug Martin here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coming up, we'll take a preview or take a look at Thursday night football tonight between the Steelers and Browns on the other side of this week's timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Summer's over, school's back. That joint pain is still here. It is time to do something. Patrick Johnson here. I want you to call QC Kinetics now. You've put it off long enough. It's time to get real lasting relief from chronic pain in your knees, your back, your shoulder, and your hips. QC Kinetics can get you moving again with cutting-edge regenerative treatments. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. Regenerative medicine uses highly concentrated healing properties from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. And QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting breakthrough natural approach. To eliminating joint pain. Lots of people have done this, and they're all living life to the fullest, pain-free. Don't assume the old ways of dealing with joint pain are the only ways. Call QC Kinetics today. Stop putting it off. Call now for a free consultation. 252-765-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. That's 252-765-PAIN. Hey, Greg Fussell here, proud alumnus of East Carolina University and fourth-generation winemaker at Duplin Winery, the largest winery in the South. I hope you'll look for our new delicious cotton candy wines in your neighborhood store or come try my favorite cotton candy lime with me in Rose Hill, take a tour, and have lunch in our bistro. If you're in the North Myrtle Beach area, you can come sit and sip on our front porch and enjoy some great music. As always, I'm grateful for your support. Go Duplin and go Pirates. Your vehicle packs a load of safety features to protect you in an accident. At North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, it's our job to protect you just as well after an accident. With fast claim service from local agents, our auto coverage is a lot like an airbag. We hope you never need to use it, but we're right there and ready just in case you do. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, helping you is what we do best. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Insurance of North Carolina, Inc., Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Bill King, Jake Allen, or Jack Metz. These agents are dedicated to protecting your family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are also tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Bill King, Jake Allen, or Jack Metz today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville, 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. 
94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Navy this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. Off. We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Ben Barm here to wrap it up on the Patrick Johnson Show. Quick, Chris, what is your pick tonight between the Browns and the Steelers? Uh, I originally picked the Steelers on our Pick'em League, but I actually changed my pick today to the Browns. I, I just wow. I, I don't see Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, maybe if Najee Harris has a good game, but I, I, I'm going to be honest, I just don't see it happening. But you see Jacoby Brissett happening. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right, over right. Trubisky, yeah, I do. I'm going Steelers. I think. Oh, okay. I think Trubisky's a step up over Brissett, and I think they're not bad, but I think Trubisky's clearly better. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show tomorrow. Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki on the latest from the Panthers. Special thanks to Chris Cook on the ones and twos for producing. We'll talk to you tomorrow live at 5 here on the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Navy this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. Off. We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Come serve the Pirate Nation by starting your career as a firefighter EMT for Greenville Fire Rescue. We offer competitive pay.